y'all, I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. Are you a chicken mouth-loving mama or daddy? Together we'll dive into the latest poultry-keeping adventures, chat about everyday life, with a generous mix of some hilarious stories. Bringing you fascinating interviews with poultry owners from all over. You'll find tips and basic advice from your local veterinarian, along with new chicken keeping gadgets and reviews. I'm going to see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma has to say about that. We're going to encourage and help you build a stronger, healthier flock. Let's go see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma is up to. Let's go let these heifers out. Hey y'all, on today's episode, we are bringing you Tater out of Tennessee. She is a nurse practitioner, an avid gardener, and a seasoned chicken mama. Welcome Tater, we are so excited to have you with us today. What a pleasure. Hey Tater, how are you today? Hey, doing good, how are you? We are doing well over here at Wilma and the Wonder Hen. We are so excited today and to hear your story. I'm excited to be here. Could you give our listeners a little bit of a Tater 101? What makes you Tater? Any information you want to share with our listeners is fine. Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I'm a nurse practitioner. Yes. So about six months, we bought a house on about 12-acre property. And it's rural. It's mostly wooded. Um, we brought along our, I don't know, I think we maybe had six, seven chickens at that time, three dogs, and a cat. So we've currently been trying to get settled into that. What is that cat's name? The cat has many names. His government name is Milo. He also answers to <laughs> Clarice, uh, PC Cat. He has lots of names. Oh, that, now that is the cutest story. Okay, so can you take us back to when you first got chickens? How long ago was that? Um, it's been about five years ago. So can you tell us a little bit about why um, that you went with chickens? I mean, was it for sustainability? Was it just for pets? Could you just give us a little bit of background on that? Sure, it's mostly for pets. I never really thought of having chickens as food. Uh, of course, the egg is perk, but definitely never wanted them for the meat. Um, and the reason why I got them is actually kind of funny. I don't know. I was just actually trying to think of that the other day. What even got me started with chickens? And I, the best that I can think is, you know, I saw an advertisement for a local hatchery, and I started looking into it, and I thought maybe it would just be fun. So I guess that's kind of how it started. And how many chicks did you start with? Did you start with something small? We did. We started with four chicks initially. We had two Rhode Island Reds and two Easter Eggers, and then there was a very tragic accident. My dog killed two of them. Oh, no. Yeah. It was not good. I did not know what I was doing, and I left them out unattended. So, anyways, lesson learned, and um, we got two more, and so then we had four for a while, and then, well, chicken math, now we have about in, I think. So going back to when you first got them and were you prepared? Did you read about them beforehand? Did you, what the coop should be or any of those things? 
I did. I, I like to think that I did a lot of research and I felt like I was prepared. But then, you know, the longer that I kept them, the more I realized that I really wasn't prepared. Um, we did build a coop, which we've renovated several times because initially when we built it, we did not know what we were doing and what we really needed. We, uh, you know, I looked into the having a heat lamp and knowing that they had to have food and water and the basics. But other than that, I really didn't know much about them. Okay, so when you you and your husband were building this very first coop, how did that go? <laughs> it depends on who you ask, I guess. <laughs> it was definitely a team building experience. Um, we kind of went back and forth about what we wanted and what we thought we wanted, and turns out, you know, what we had built and what we thought we needed was actually not what worked best for our situation. So, like I said, we've renovated it several times. So can you tell us a little bit about when you moved your chickens to your new property? Were there things that you changed when you brought them to your new property? Were there things that you've learned or maybe could do better so that's what you did at this new property yeah whenever we went when whenever we moved to this new property we built another chicken coop one that was better suited for our needs like for instance things that were really important to us were having it accessible so whenever we went to clean it it would be really easy and we didn't have to climb inside of it um able to get the egg easier Predator-proof, too, because initially we didn't really think we had a lot of... Since we moved into the woods, we were more concerned for predators, and so we made sure to make the new one more predator-proof, like having different locks. And When you moved to your property with your flock, did you have the same amount of chickens that you started with? Did you add to your flock? We did add to our flock. We actually made a horrible mistake that I would not recommend to anybody. We went to an auction, a livestock auction, and we bought four birds, I think, and without ever seeing them, of course, they pulled them out of the box for like three seconds while people were betting on them, and and nobody would place a bet on them except for us, which we thought was kind of strange, but um, come to find out... They actually were sick, and they had mites. Oh, no. That's awful. Of course, we didn't realize that until we got them home. So So what happened to your existing flock? Can you tell us a little bit of that story? I know this is a kind of a... um, kind of a downer story, but I think this could maybe help some of our listeners and for them to understand the importance of biosecurity and separating your flock from any new birds that you bring into your existing flock. So we're going to kind of use you as a not what a what not to do situation. Sure. And we're, we really are a perfect example of that because, you know, we knew that we probably had to keep them separated because they were sick. And to be honest with you, we thought that they were just kind of malnourished because they were skinny and And we thought maybe they just need some food and water. And it never really occurred to us that they actually were sick. So, you know, we we knew we had to separate them, but we weren't really quite sure for how long. So we did separate them technically by a fence. But, you know, the other chickens, my established chickens, were actually quite close to them. So long story short, 
um, they ended up passing the illness around to my other chickens, which I'd had for several years. And luckily, we didn't lose any of those, but we ended up having to kill three out of the four auction chickens because they just weren't getting well and, and they were sick. So, Okay, so the new auction house chickens over, did you lose any of your existing flock? Actually, yes, we did. Our beloved rooster, Howie, may he rest in peace. Um, he did. He got sick. He had some sort of respiratory ailment. I'm not sure what it was, but um, I tried doctoring him with several different things that were recommended in, in chicken Aww. groups, and he just wouldn't get well. So um, he ended up passing away, unfortunately. But this is a very, this is a harsh lesson. Plan on getting chicks for this spring? Actually, yes. We've ordered some, and they should be here in April. But you're getting um, just baby chicks, though, not adult birds. Well, they are day-old chicks, so they're going to be separated at least in at least four or five weeks or so, maybe even six until they're fully feathered. That's very exciting. What kind did you get? Oh, goodness. We've got black coachins. Silver Lace Coachins, Well Summers. Oh, those are nice. Those are fancy birds. A few others that I do not remember their names, but I got a little happy on there ordering them. So how many did you get in total, Tater? <laughs> fifteen. So you're going to add fifteen new chicks? How exciting. Yes. How do your other animals get along with the chickens that you have now? You have dogs and a cat, right? Yes, I do, and they get along great. Where do you see your flock changing or growing this year? What is your goal for your flock? Well, my philosophy is the limit does not exist. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen, brother. There, chicken math is a very spiritual thing it, there's, there's no not, and I, I justify that by we have two coops that are not even halfway full and we have 12 acres so why not that is a very good reasoning <laughs> i like the way you think tater and i lie i lied about the auction chickens uh millie was murdered by a predator oh uh, millie was murdered we killed red Millie was murdered. The little girl that I had. Was Millie at your property you have now? Yeah, I remember. We got all four of them at the auction. And Speckles died, too. This is a very scary <laughs> story. Speck this is a family show. I don't know. <laughs> Speckles died. Millie died. Adam had to kill Red, and we kept Nobut. Nobut is our rooster now. He's a good rooster. He survived somehow. So Nobut is a hero. Yeah. Nobut right. has superpowers. He survived. Okay, this is what we want to hear. So Nobut has superpowers. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome, Tater. What kind of chicken is Nobut? Nobut is a blue copper moran. So he takes care of his ladies, I see. He does. He didn't used to be a good rooster, but over time, he's kind of learned the ropes. Now that you are an experienced chicken keeper, that you've went through all these things, do you have tips? What would you be your top three tips for our listeners? I would say the biggest tip that I have is to do your research and know um, what 
you're getting into, essentially, because if you get chicks, then you're going to have, you know, you're going to need a heat source and you're going to need somewhere to keep them like a brooder set up, um, at least until they're fully feathered. And then, you know, your coop, I would definitely build it bigger or buy a bigger one than what you think you need, because you definitely, they're addicting. You're, you know, you think you want four and then you end up with six and eight and 10 and, you know, it just keeps multiplying. But, you know, the coop, I think, is really important, too, because we found out the hard way that, you know, we didn't do any research, really, on what we thought we would need. So just cleaning it out was a hassle, so we never wanted to clean it out. So you've got to have it accessible so you can clean it easily and get to your eggs easily. And and so that, that's really important to research, I think. But... The biosecurity is another one. If you pick up chicks from an auction, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just say no. Just say no. Or, you know, even adult chickens, you're going to want to keep them separate, even if they appear healthy. Yes, I think that's a good point because it it can be deceiving, and I, you just have to think about how much time and effort you've put into your established chickens, and then. You know, you bring in a sick flock and then it just completely wipes out yours. So <clears throat> I think that's most important. The biosecurity is a big thing. I like the way you brought up the auction house, though, because that is a we've tried to really drive that home, especially in the chicken community. I've watched so many people get chickens from friends or and a lot of times they just rescue the chickens because they, you know, they feel bad. And, uh, but they do not take the time to separate them. And like you said earlier, you just separated by fencing and not away, you know, distance away from your existing flock. So we are very sorry for your devastation, but you are definitely helping others to realize that it's not a game of just bring home a random chicken and throw it in with your flock. Absolutely. And especially if you're if you're planning on taking a chicken home, I think it's really important that you get your hands on it and lay your eyes on it and just look at it and see does it look healthy and and comb through it and see if it has mites and um, does it have any drainage around its nose or its eyes or, you know, really you want to do a good exam on it to, to know that it's healthy or have a good indication that it's healthy before you even consider bringing it home. That's a very good point because just um, doing an observation can tell you a whole lot about a bird. Medical background has helped you um, assess some of these issues that they may have had or may be may have in the future. Yes, and my assessment skills were not in tune when I got those auction chickens. <laughs> <laughs> You just went blind, girl. You just saw those chickens, and maybe your little heart just thought, I'm going to take these chickens home and rescue them. And uh, it could have ended up a lot worse than it was. So, Yes. Poor Howie. May he rest in peace. Howie. What kind of chicken was Howie? He was a light brahm, I think. He was actually, it's a funny story, because we thought Howie was actually a pullet and he was coming over from our neighbor's house and you know he was really friendly so I'd always feed him snacks and 
and corn and oatmeal and whatnot. And I think that he probably didn't get a whole lot of snacks where he came from. But anyways, he kept coming over and coming over, and eventually he just stayed. And I'm sure you can remember this. You try to convince me that he was he, he, he was, was a me. rooster. I'm pretty sure someone told you he was a rooster. Yeah, I just didn't want to believe it because we already had a rooster. <laughs> You're in denial. But he started crowing, though. But anyways, he stayed, and I probably shouldn't, but I took him with me to our new place. <laughs> oh. He's flying free with the rest of the chickens that have passed yeah, on. Yeah, unfortunately, he got that respiratory virus, and he did pass away. Well, I think Howie um, enjoyed his time with you while he had it and his ladies. Is there anything else you want to add? This is a good conversation. See, once you've kind of loosened up some, you've got a lot to say. will be very good for our listeners. So going back to when you went to the auction house, did you reach out to others to see what could be done or what to do about that situation? Do you think there is... I know for a lot of rural people that a avian veterinarian is pretty hard to come by. So we sometimes have to rely on our community and maybe some things online. What are your thoughts on that? I think there are a lot of resources available for <clears throat> chicken keepers as far as, you know, guidance on on how to treat, you know, common common health concerns with chickens, you know, like a respiratory issue or worms or mites or whatever the case may be. I think, you know, I'm a member of a couple of chicken pages on Facebook and, you know, I think you, I think those are good resources um, as long as you take that information with a grain of salt. Of course, I think that you should always consult a veterinarian or professional but, you know, if that's not available in your area, I certainly think that you could, I think that you can, you know, try to reach out to others in your community who also keep chickens and see if they're aware of any sort of treatment that you might could try. Um, but, of course, I think that you should always speak to your veterinarian if you can. We talked about this in our last episode of some of these backyard chicken groups because of the information is not up to date. But there are veterinarian resources online through Facebook, and they are vet only. I think, like you said, you, even though they give information or suggestions, I always think you should do your research. There is information online from poultry associations and how to treat your chickens for common things. Uh, I understand not everybody's going to run to an avian veterinarian to treat their chicken. Where did you get the name Tater anyways? Is that just something we created? Where did Tater come from? Somehow we're naming you Tater on this episode so that we respect your privacy for your, your occupation. I think you as my mother have named me Tater over the years. I think maybe because I'm shaped like a potato <laughs> and I love to eat potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> when you were little, all you wanted was mashed potatoes, so... Well, that still reigns true today. What do you think the chicken community is lacking? I know that you are an educator, so what would you think would be uh, beneficial to all of those? The tiny little backyard chicken keeper in a urban area to, 
you know, a young girl who lives out in the country who has a flock of chickens? What is something that you think would be a benefit to all of us? Well, I think education is probably lacking in the chicken community because, you know, like we mentioned before, there are those chicken pages which you can, you know, communicate with other chicken keepers, but you always have to question the um, the accuracy of the information that's given, especially, you know, something, it's just like in, in human medicine, it's, it's constantly changing and the guidelines are always being updated. So I think that it would be important to have a resource that's available for all chicken keepers to be able to access, especially those who are not, um, they don't have an avian vet available because, you know, chickens still get sick whether you have a vet or not. So if you don't have that resource available, you really need to know what you can do, you know, yourself just to try to help your chicken because, you know, it's, I really don't, I feel like education is lacking. I don't know what, what would you say? I've never really thought about that. We talked about that a little bit in our last episode. There are books and there is a big pamphlet, a big PDF that the USDA offers if you go onto their website. A lot of it has to do with commercial um, chicken keeping, but inside of that PDF is quite a bit of information for your regular backyard chicken keeper. What's the best thing that's ever happened to you that you can't or you couldn't put on your resume? The best thing that's ever happened to me that I can't put on my resume. I guess I have to say my husband. Aww, that's so sweet. Okay, if you could put anything on a billboard, what would it be and why? Anything on a billboard. Well, yep. I I would honestly probably want to put a picture of me and my family and all my animals so everyone can see how cute all my animals and my family is. Aww, that is so cute. What is your favorite song and why? This is embarrassing, but I have to say Me Too by Megan Trainer. And the reason why I say that song is because anytime I do not want to get out of bed, my husband plays it extremely loud and dances until I get out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that that's a, that is something special. <laughs> oh. Wow. Well, Tater, it's been really great having you with us today. We're going to say thank you for joining us and goodbye. See ya. Thanks for having me. I'm Mel and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen. 